Hello YouTube, welcome back to another story. Now this one today is called The Doorman. Also a quick note before we get into this video. Some of these stories that I narrate, I don't read before I actually narrate, so if I stumble across some words, don't mind it. Anyways, sit back, relax, and listen. Now that my friends and I were teenagers, our parents were okay with us being out a little past dark. Up the road, behind our neighborhood, it was a church. Beyond that was an old, abandoned apartment building. Attached to the church was a basketball court, so often we'd go out and play. We would, mischief we would mischievously throw rocks and bricks through the windows of the apartment building. And then, of course, run. There's no better uh, feeling as a teen than getting up. There's no better of a feeling as a teen than that of getting away with something. We never went around that building at night, except once. And after that, we never went anywhere near it again. It was a dark an utterly spooky place. One night, my friend John and I were bored, so he brought up the idea of exploring the inside of the building. Dude, it's freaking dark in there, I said. Yeah, which means there's nobody around and we can do whatever we want. His plan did make sense, so we went packing a flashlight each. Upon arrival, we searched for an entrance. We had to go around the side of the opposite that the of the church, across from someone's backyard in the neighborhood street, which is precisely why we never went on that side before. As we turned the corner, we were greeted with a glass pane door up three steps. Let's bust out of the door, John said, excitedly. But then, we heard a noise. We looked in the direction of the door and saw a light was inside. It was turned on. John took off running, but I was frozen with fear. Inside of the door was a dark silhouette of what looked like a very tall man in a hat. One of those professional hats, kinds of the type which airplane pilots would wear. I started to back away. John screamed in the distance, Dude, what are you doing? Let's go. The man just stood there, staring at me, staring at me from the inside of the building, not moving a muscle. The man then very slowly opened the door and walked out. I backed away and then the stone to show my light on him. He put his hand over his eyes to shield from the light. He was wearing a bail-up uniform and a hat, black slacks and black dress shoes. His skin was pale white. He finished 
he flashed to me a giant, unsettling grin and asked me a question. Are you here to visit Mrs. Rose? I dropped the light to his feet, his big, browless, wild eyes glistening in the moonlight like a clothed skeleton. His skin was so white, it was almost transluctuant. She's been expecting you. Come on. He gestured for me to come inside before slowly taking steps towards me. I... I have to go. No, I wouldn't do that, he continued. Mrs. Rose has been waiting for you for a long time. In fact, she's the only tenant I have. I... I'm, I'm just a kid, I explained. John was long gone now. Man stepped a little closer. I know it was you who vandalized my building. Those windows cost $500 each. I can clearly describe you to the police. It's in your best interest to come inside. If you do, I will let this go. Being only 13 and terrified of being in trouble, I completely abandoned the notion of talking to strangers and walked inside. As he passed the doorman, he placed his hand on the small, the small place on my back and whispered, Good. He smelled of crap and something else I couldn't put a finger on at the time. I was greeted by a hallway with huge holes in the plaster, ripped up and stained carpeting cobwebs, the smell of mildew. Then, at the end of the hall, the staircase going to the second floor. Miss Rose lives on the 2B. Kindly proceeded upstairs. I... I don't want to. I really need to leave. The situation finally hit me before the lights went out and I was standing in pitch darkness. I turned and I couldn't see out the door, the window, because the man was in between me and it. Terrifyingly, I then heard the unzipping of pants and then the clinging of a belt as they dropped. His breathing began to deepen, which I can now only describe as excited. We can do this here, he whispered. I turned on my flashlight, which he instantly snatched from my hand. His pants and underwear were off, and he was exposed. Keep moving up the stairs, he whispered, clenching his belt in the other hand, looped as if he was planning on using to strike me with it. And then, Jacob? A shrill, old female voice sounded out from atop the stairs. Jacob, did you catch one for me? Yes, Mrs. Rose. He's on his way up, he replied, before giving me a terrifying gaze with those bulging, psychopathic eyes. Don't make me beat you unconscious. A piano. I backed up and turned down the stairs.
knowing what I was going to be forced to do. But then, from outside, the flashing of red and blue, I reacted. I ran towards the man and shoved him. He caught me with the lash of the back from the belt, which was excruciating. But I made it outside, screaming. The police searched the premises and arrested the man, a woman, and also found the child who went missing weeks ago. Damaged goods, unfortunately. John caught the police immediately when he got home and told them where to go. It turns out the man, a crack addict named Jacob, and his mother Rose were involved in a incest relationship and also both previously convicted of offenders. I never really found out what kind of offenses were made, but I got a good idea. As a creepy, unsettling matter of a fact, Jacob was molested by his mother and her boyfriend for most of his childhood, prompting CYS to remove him from the home at 12 of at urging from at urging of one of his teachers. It wasn't until more than a decade later he reunited and began to engage in weird relationship. Thank you, John, for saving my life. I should have listened, however I'm glad this happened. Who knows what worse things would have happened or would have been done to me or Timothy Dadlin had we not shown up that day. I can't fathom what would have what would have went down through the mind of a seven year old during that time. And I don't want to know. The building has since been demolished. Jacob and Rose can really both remain in prison to this day. And still Jacob proclaims his love for her. It's a sick world. This last story is called Floating. My footsteps echoed throughout the ship. My heart pounded in my ear and I could feel it beating in my fingertips. I turned around at the doorway and looked out. They were just floating there, silent and still. I felt more tears prick my eyes. I didn't know that it was possible to cry that much. I gave one final salute before silently pressing the button and shutting the airlock. The disaffected fogged up the glass of my helmet. I was glad that I couldn't smell it. The room heated up a bit before the decon finished and the door at the other side opened. I stepped out and lazily put my suit away before walking to the main room. That was seven months ago. The steam rose from my mug as I sat. I just watched it. I made the lavender tea myself, but I wasn't able to drink it. I couldn't bring myself to. My stomach and chest ached with despair. I couldn't summon the strength to bring the cup to I couldn't muster the strength to bring the cup up to my lips. This tea was made with the last water I had. 
I had given up, but now I was beginning to regret my decision. The silence was deafening. I could hear every creak, every small bang as the rocks hit the side of the ship, every breath, every heartbeat. There were no distractions. I grabbed my mug and dragged myself over to the bench in front of the window. I was supposed to be back on Earth by now, by five months ago. I could feel myself losing more and more of my sanity with every passing day now. Space is hauntingly beautiful, so full of light, colors, and shapes, but still so empty. No matter how hard I tried to just see the beauty, all I could think about was the fact that she is a vacuum. A cold, quiet, barren vacuum. She's beautiful, but she is cold. She is deadly. I walked back to the kitchen area to put my tea away. Maybe I'd just save it for later. A loud boom suddenly rang out and the ship began to shake. My mug fell from my hand and hit the floor, breaking and sending shards of glass everywhere. The tea covered the floor in a thick puddle. I froze. My breath hitched. My stomach dropped. I heard the door open. Someone was entering. I ran behind the door and grabbing a blaster in case I needed to fight. I could barely breathe. I felt like someone was sitting on my chest. Metal on metal, respiratories, radio shatter, shuffling. They were people. Hello, a deep voice called out. My heart skipped a beat. I knew that voice. It sounded just like my brother. We're here from the Interlarching Federation. I'm here, I called out. Stumbling out from behind the corner. Charlotte? Finn? I'm so glad we found you. Where is everyone? My throat was suddenly dry. His tone seemed off, but I disregarded it out of excitement, out of hope. They... they passed away. They're in the airlock. I swallowed hard. Seven months ago wasn't enough to fully